0: Uh, we're going to talk this morning, finish the series uh, on David, a uh, man after God's own heart. We're going to be considering legacy. Isn't that exciting. Legacy. Uh, God's going to be speaking this morning, and I uh, really believe particularly uh, in faith for young people uh, and children. There are some in the room. Uh, now, I guess we're all children to some. So you can count yourself in at whatever stage. But particularly for you uh, online, if you're in homes, uh, grab your kids uh, because God's going to be speaking to them. I think that some of them are going to receive callings for life this morning. Uh, And that's not because I'm going to bring a word to them, that's just what God's about because it's as though there's a baton to hand on, there is a mission to go on. Paul spoke excellently on that last week. And God kind of wants to finish off this series by saying, now hand it over. Don't keep it to yourself, hand it over. Uh, It's going to be really radical this morning. I only have two points. (laughs) Maybe not even that, it depends how we go. Um, uh, But um, I I just believe there's a real inheritance anointing this morning that's going to come to us. And God has things for us to take from this series and to put in place in our lives. Uh, You might have noticed that God's been wanting to speak to our hearts. This whole series, David, a man after God's own heart. And I I just want to give you an opportunity to think, what has God been doing in your heart? Uh, Go back over the series online and look, which one of these did God really speak to me about? Listen again, was that for justice? Alison spoke so phenomenally about dealing with the giants of injustice. Uh, Is this about friendship, about intimacy for you? What has God got for your heart or worship or kindness? Isn't it beautiful to hear about the kindness of God? He is so kind. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, Is it about humility? This morning some of us need to submit to god's plan in fact i, I believe there are some who uh, you've been kind of saying that can't be what god has for me that that rob just brought that was for you he can't do that with me because uh, i'm really sorry jesus can and will do that with you he loves to surprise us and he wants to humble us in order that we can be lifted up he's been speaking to us about how we deal with failure and how we receive grace for that, how we handle conflict, developing our character. And it was just wonderful to hear God's heart for mission last week, wasn't it, from from Paul. But there's something prophetic that's going on this morning because uh, it's no coincidence that uh we're here with a different pa I, I don't have fancy lighting behind me really disappointed about that um cuz it it reflects nicely off my shiny surfaces and um there's a there's a reason that that's that's what it's like
1: god's just after our heart it's really simple he's not interested in places he he works in them
0: that's not what he's after He's not interested in fancy PA. And right at the start of the pandemic, I really felt quite challenged that God was saying, you've fallen in love with the big meetings. So fall in love with me again. When it's all taken away, and here we are, when it's all stripped back again, Jesus is interested in your heart, in my heart. And he wants us to be just like David. To have a heart that longs for his. And isn't it wonderful that this is not, David, a man after God's mind? I mean, who could deal with that? Who could get their head around the infinite universe, the, the creative marvel that is God, that understands all that's gone before and all that is to come from start to finish, every breath. He counted my hairs. And then watch them leave. He's got the detail. Who could access that? None of us. What about if he said, David, he was a mighty warrior. So he was a man
1: after God's power. Who here feels powerful? I mean, this whole season
0: that the world is going through, if nothing else is revealing to us, How vulnerable we are. And we thought we had it sorted, didn't
1: we? We thought we were in charge. And yet an organism that none of us can even see can change
0: our planet. No, no. He doesn't say he wants us to be after his mind. He doesn't say he wants us to go for power. He says, heart. And the really crucial element here is this morning that I want to explore is that actually God's heart is to hand things on. It's not to keep it to ourselves. He doesn't bless us so that we hold on to stuff. He blesses us so that we can teach the next generation. Hi, kids. Hello. Oh, look, I've got a response there. Very good. Nice back row. Um, hello, online. Hello. You can heckle all you like. Can't hear you. Um, And uh, it didn't end with David. And if we miss this truth. Then we've actually missed something of the heart of God. He wants us to have a heart for legacy. What is he establishing in you? In me? That is there to be handed on. That was a heart that was planted in one Chronicle's 17, when David has this plan to build uh, the, the, the home for God, the, the temple for God, and through the prophet Nathan, he gets a, it's not for you. It's not for you. And you might know that David didn't throw his toys out of the pram at that point. He actually then said, oh, well, OK, and he gets busy making preparations for his legacy. He was humble enough to do that. So if you want to have a look at a passage, and I'm not going to work my way through this passage, but we're looking at 1 Kings uh, 128 to 53, and then it actually carries on into chapter 2 up to verse 12. It talks about how David went about passing on his throne to Solomon. And just before this passage, there's a takeover. Now, I was a little bit upset, I must admit, when uh, Rob uh, shared the passages with me that I was to speak from. Uh, because they're full of impossible names. And I know I'm a teacher, but I'm also a terrible reader. And so I'm just going for one. And his name was Adenoja. That's what I'm going for. Okay, and he was um, uh, one of David's sons and he decided to make a run for the throne. He spotted that his dad was on his way out. And so he sort of presumes that, right. This is up for the taking here because he's seen how David rolls. He doesn't like to deal with conflict. So he figures he can just sort of step in. And in the midst of that, Bathsheba goes to David and reminds him of a promise that David had made that Solomon
1: would be king after him. I just think this is a phenomenal story of redemption. Just remember how Solomon came into being. He came into being because of sin.
0: Because of a wrong decision, a wrong attitude. Rob spoke on that excellently about how David should have been out doing what he should have been doing. But he stayed at home, spots Bathsheba, takes her for his own. Completely
1: outlandishly wrong. And out of their relationship comes Solomon. And it's him who God says he's to be the legacy. There is no situation and no circumstance that Jesus cannot
0: redeem. That needs to land for some people this morning. There is no situation. No background, no family circumstance that sets you outside of the blessing of the kingdom of God. In fact, he loves to use it because it confounds everybody else that says, what are you doing doing this? How come you're able to? Surely you should be a broken mess. And you say, yes, I am. And thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Jesus is about redemption. And David shows us this. His inheritor, the one who has his legacy, actually comes out of brokenness. And it just doesn't matter because it's part of God's wonderful plan. So David responds to Bathsheba. He says he's going to stay true to his word. He anoints Solomon as the new king. He didn't just let this slip away. This was one situation that he seemed to get to grips with, uh, which is wonderful. And into the next chapter, he then goes on to give David some final, uh, sorry, David gives Solomon some final instructions. Um, A lot of those are that he should be getting all the people that David didn't. Uh, So, you know, they shouldn't go to the grave with gray hair. Uh, and other sort of friendly phrases that mean get them. All right, son. Um, and, uh, if you like a bit of that's good, it's all healthy in the house of David. Um, but he says this, he says in verse four, if your descendants live as they should and follow
1: me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. And
0: when you then look down the lineage in the Bible, we see the one who is always sitting on the throne. Like all questions to biblical quizzes, the answer is Jesus. (laughs) He is now sitting on the throne because of this lineage of the heart after God God's expression of his heart back comes through Jesus, who now sits on the throne forever and whose kingdom will never cease. And we're part of that legacy. You're part of that legacy, kings and queens, royalty. Uh, I work at a school called the Royal School. It's great. When uh, I welcome new staff to the school, I say, welcome to the royal family. (laughs) Hey, we haven't quite made it, but, you know, actually, no. Welcome to the royal family. If you've put your faith in Jesus, if you're trusting that he has a better plan for your life than you have for your life, if you said to him, I've just blown it, I need your grace. Welcome to the royal family. Welcome to the royal family. So, I just want to unpack two things that I think David seems to have understood here that are really quite important. And they're really straightforward. The first is this I'm going to call it Big Truth One, you know, because that sounds grand. Um, Big Truth One. This isn't
1: our story. It's God's story. And you're caught up in it. It's not your story. You're caught up in God's.
0: If we get this confused, we will lose God's heart. The humility goes out the window because we think it's all about us. We have we have the potential to think, oh, God's working this out for
1: me. Look what he's done for me. Aren't I wonderful? And I'll be honest, I've been there. I live there too frequently. I thought, oh, look, it's worked out for me.
0: God must love me. That he's making my plans succeed. No. I'm part of his plan. You're part of his plan, and so it's crucial that we remain in his plan. And this is a question that I have discussed long and hard with many friends, Christians and non Christians, over the years who said, Do you know how do you know? How do you know whether you're in God's plan? We've got a family leaving us this morning being sent to the north. We love the north. We love the south, the east, and the west as well. The north is also good. Very good. Um, Rita is agreeing. For those of you who can't hear her loud heckling. um, And, uh, sorry, did I say heckling? Encouragement. And, (laughs) and God's sending them, and they're in God's plan. How do we know that? How do they know that? They know that because their heart. He's after God. So they're in his plan. Do you know you won't go far wrong if you keep a soft heart towards God and say to him, Lord, I'm just open to you. What would you like me to do? Where would you like me to go? And then you might think, well, uh, I didn't see uh, writing on a wall or lightning in the sky or no one came to me in the street as a stranger and said, I've seen you in a pathway and anything like this. But actually, if you've got God's heart, if you're going for his heart, then he shapes your path and guides you in all righteousness. There's an important truth here. And so for
1: those of you who might just be listening and thinking. Oh. Yeah, I've been thinking about me. I really want to encourage you. Remember, you are part of God's
0: story, but it's his story. And that leads me on to the second big truth, because it sounds fancy. Big truth number two.
1: God has not given us treasure to keep. He's given us a legacy to share. Pass it on. It's not Chinese whispers. Pass it on. Tell your story. God works in our lives
0: in order that we can be a living testimony to His grace, to His power, to His mercy, to His compassion and His kindness. He wants to express Himself and all of His wisdom and might
1: and glory through you. Through you. Through you. you. need to find
0: the red light then. It does flicker around. It says in the New Testament in 2
1: Corinthians. That God puts treasures in jars of clay. He puts treasures in us. But we. And are fragile.
0: We've got flaws and failings. Just like David. Lives that are full of ups and downs. And through it all we get to experience the grace of God so that we have a
1: story to tell. How are you at telling your story? Sharing your life. There's a real danger that we sort of put a spin on this and we think, well, actually, Jesus is changing me from glory into glory.
0: So I'm getting better. So the outworking of that is that I will
1: show everyone the good stuff and I'll keep the broken bits well hidden. I just want to come against that in Jesus name and I want to free you to be wonderfully broken. (laughs) I can join that club. (laughs) Wonderfully broken
0: in order that God's glory can be displayed we mustn't hide it we mustn't hide it otherwise we all look at other people and we go oh they're so sorted and we try to keep up don't we and we go oh i must be sorted too i will smile and put on a veneer of respectfulness that's not who jesus wants he goes for those who are broken you just have to take a cursory glance at the New Testament to see that. He's not here for those who think they've got it sorted. He's here for those who, somebody explained it to me once, it's like, it's like a digestive biscuit. And I'm not just obsessed with food, although my stature would disagree, but a digestive biscuit, you can break a
1: digestive and then you put it back together. And if you hold it carefully, you can't see the break. But it doesn't take a lot for it to be seen.
0: Just takes a little touch and you go, Oh, look, there's the crap right down the middle. And I love that example because I want to be held by God. I want to be held together by Him, but I'm broken. It's Him that makes me whole. And it's a wonderful truth to know that we have a legacy that in our brokenness, Jesus rescued us and He keeps doing it. So I just wonder who you're ready to share the lessons that God has taught you. Who who are you sharing life with? Who are you ready to pass on your legacy to? And I particularly want to speak to parents and children at this point.
1: Parenting is an amazing thing. It is a wonderful gift from God. And I just feel, parents, there's an impartation of faith this morning for you. There's an impartation of faith for parenting, whatever stage you're at. Because God has given you treasure to share with your children. Okay? Uh, They are okay to see you in your brokenness. Solomon grew up in a dysfunctional family. Understatement. Is it any wonder, just as an aside, that when Solomon gets asked by God, what would you like? He goes for wisdom. You might have thought that that was radical.
0: When you look at his home, it just makes sense. I need to be wise. My dad kept on messing things up spectacularly.
1: Parents, it's okay to show your children your flaws. It's okay. I want to I speak that over you because there's
0: an inheritance and a legacy in there for your children of seeing your journey. And it's in front of us as well, as the church gathered together, that there is also a liberty to be broken parents in front of one another. I want to speak, actually, against having
1: the perfect family. Do you know it doesn't exist? At this point, my my daughter is sitting just over here. And, and I have to say, I think sometimes I've put unrealistic expectations on my children. And that, that hasn't done them good. Because I've wanted to be the perfect dad and to have the perfect family. And do you know whose story that is? That's mine. It's not Jesus. It's not God's story. God's story is a redemption plan.
0: God's story is of me constantly tripping over and him picking me up and restoring me again.
1: Parents, be full of faith for your children. Pass on your
0: stories. Tell them the times that God broke through. Do it around the dinner table. Uh, Share with them the times in your youth when God took hold of you and redirected you. Don't keep it a secret from them. Let them know the history that they're part of and the narrative that they've come into. Share, share, share. And parents, your children are safe with God.
1: Their journeys can look like all sorts of things. And and, and as a parent, it's terrifying.
0: Because I have particular things that I aspire for my children.
1: But, you know, God has a better plan. He has a better plan. And I have to submit to that. And I have to release
0: them to the grace of God and say, God, I don't understand all the things that are going on. But i actually have them. They're yours because they're part of your story, too.
1: Parents, we love you. We honor you. Go for it. Thrive in your parenting. Children.
0: I hope you could hear this coming. (laughs) Children. Are you ready to ask the right questions of your parents? Don't let your parents get away with surface answers. I'm feeling the glare of some parents now. Ask them, how do you know that? When did God teach you that? Have you got an example from your life when you saw God come through? How did you cope with disappointment when it didn't work out, when your heart was broken, when you lost that that was precious to you, when it didn't pan out for you how you expected? How did you work it through?
1: Tell me a story. Tell me a story. And and kids, I I want to ask you to be
0: unfashionable. I, I want to ask you to listen to your parents. It's not very fashionable that we don't have a very good generational culture in the UK generally. Because do you know what? Young people always know better. I did when I was one.
1: And now I look back and think, oh, I wish I could have had a conversation with myself. Children, let the heart of God come through your parents' stories. That's
0: what they're doing. You know how you think adults have got it sorted and we know stuff. We really don't. Sorry. I'd love to tell you better. We're just going after God's heart. So, children, there's a generational truth here. The Bible is really clear. It's there in the Ten Commandments. It's the first command with a
1: promise. Honour your parents and it will go well for you. Leech from your parents draw their stories, hear
0: how God has worked in their lives and build on it because he doesn't want you to have to do the same stuff. The whole idea is that Solomon went on to do greater things and ultimately the greater things get expressed in Jesus. (laughs) He doesn't want us to constantly go over old ground. Parents, we need to be ready to tell our story. Children, be ready to listen and ask. I believe we're coming into a season of storytelling. I believe we're coming into a time when people are, God's doing something in in the hearts of, of the nations of the world where he's causing there to be a need for connection in a different way. And we connect through storytelling. And I believe that God is going to give us openings through just telling our story. Think, I'm no good at sharing the gospel. You don't need to. Just tell your story. Just say what God's done for you this week in, in your workplace. Just be honest about it. Just be honest and tell them, do you know what? I don't know what I would have done if Jesus hadn't picked me up. How he's provided for me. How every time I've had the need, he's met it. How he's put me in a family where I've got connection. You know. Dealing with loneliness God's put me in a family. It's wonderful. I just want to say a public thank you to our life group. They have been literally that for us. They've been a lifeline. They have been beautiful. They are beautiful people who have just taken us in. We, we joined the church as lockdown happened. So actually we couldn't, you know. And and, and they took us on board and they opened their hearts to us. And they connected with us. And it's been a lifeline. God's got that for us, Jubilee. God's got lifelines to go out and draw people in just through telling our story and walking our life with them. Um, We heard a great sermon about, I'm not going to go over Paul's uh, ground again. Go back and listen to it again. Let it do you good. David passed on his throne to his
1: son. And because of the faithfulness of God, it led to Jesus coming. He lived a perfect life. Died for your sin and mine. So that now we have a legacy in the kingdom of heaven. And the question I want to leave you with is so, are you ready? Are you ready to tell your story? Are you ready to pass on the legacy? Have you got that baton in your hand? And are you ready to hand it over? And say, I've I've got a free gift for you. God's got an inheritance for us, Jubilee. It, It goes beyond this place. We're moving on from this place. But there's an inheritance still to come. There's a kingdom that's still advancing. Jesus is just dropping in some thoughts and dreams right now into your hearts. What's he got for you? Which country? Which city? Which people group? Who is it at work? Who is it in your family? Just coming with fresh faith now. Going to unlock power to see lives change suddenly through your story. Okay. Kids, don't wait. Don't wait. You've got the baton in your hand. Can you feel it? Kids, can you can you can you hold up your hand? Show me your baton hand.
0: Jesus is giving you stories to tell. Your friends need to know about him because they're hoping in all sorts of stuff that lets them down like football
1: teams. They're hoping in all sorts of stuff that lets them down like career. Hoping in all sorts of things like relationships. And the only one that matters is with Jesus. You ready to take the baton? Fantastic. Fantastic. Jesus. I want to thank you for the inheritance that you've given us, for the legacy that you've called us to pass on. And I
0: ask you, Jesus, would you keep on rolling out this wonderful story of redemption in every and any circumstance? Father, I pray where uh, there there are people listening this morning Who have limited themselves because of their past. Jesus, I want to break that off them. And say, no, there is a legacy for you. There is a kingdom for you. There is a throne that you're sitting on. We're not limited by the past. We're defined by our saviour who took all of that and said, I can use your brokenness for my glory. Jesus, come and work in us father as we move forwards we're just full of faith (laughs) what are you going to do what are you going to do lord we want to say as a church our hearts are yours jesus our hearts are after everything that you have for us and lord we want to take the limits off we want to say save us from small thinking lord you're the god of all creation Uh, We say we want to have our eyes wide open, speak to us, encourage us. I pray a blessing on parents in Jesus' name that they would have faith for their children, faith to see them come through in a world that seems so hostile to you. Jesus, would you give them faith for parenting again in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for a new generation to raise up that changes the landscape that radically affects those around them. Lord Jesus, I speak into them a, a hope that, that, that reaches beyond where their friends can see and feel an experience that is the answer in Jesus' name. I ask you, Father, for your favour and your blessing to rest on our children.
1: In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.